Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. All right, family, let me bless you. Let me bless you as we get going today. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you to have the courage and capacity to flourish and prevail over whatever challenge you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. All right, good morning, family. We are in week two of a four-week series entitled Equipping or Equipped to Bring Freedom. Now, first of all, I want to honor you. I want to honor you as a church. Most churches never talk about deliverance ministry or, or how to set people free from, from curses or, or the enemy's work in their lives, so they, especially on Sundays. They don't want to talk about this. So, so I, I, I am super impressed with you as a church. I want to just honor you. I'm impressed with you. I, I'm, so, I'm so happy to see such a learning posture in, in so many people, and, and you came back. Anyway, so thank you. Thank you for, for being here. I do understand those who are feeling a bit uncomfortable and a little bit squirmish, squeamish. I don't know exactly which, which is the right word uh, for at this moment. I, I totally get that, but I appreciate just seeing this learning posture anyways. What a, what a gift. That's, that is such a, a great thing. Again, a lot of churches may not talk about this because, oh man, is it, do you really want to bring people to church on Sunday when we're talking about uh, demons or something like that? And, and a lot of people are like, no, I don't want to bring people to church on this Sunday if you're visiting. Welcome. Uh, but, but, you know, you have friends of different types. Some of them, you, you might go to some of your friends and be like, hey, friend, do you want to come to church? We're talking about, like, Moses and archaeology and, and all of that. And they're like, hmm. I think that's a hard pass, Rizzler, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas like some of you, are, are, some of you have friends and, and they're like, hey, do you want to come to church? We're talking about like, demons and curse breaking and how to be free. Like, huh, yeah, actually that's probably the first thing I've ever heard that I would be interested in going to church to, to, to listen to. So, I don't know, there's a lot of people that we, we underestimate how spiritual this generation is sometimes. And there's just a lot of people who are, are, are interested outside church circles in learning about this stuff. Now, speaking of all the interesting things, I do want to give a plug for Wednesday night at Rehope Church Royston. 7 o'clock for 7.30, I'm going to be teaching just on the topic of the spirit, spirit of death, spirit of death, which it's, you know, people with suicide thoughts and suicidal tendencies or, or, or have attempted that or self-harming things. We're going to be talking about that at Real Church Voice. And 
We're not streaming it, obviously. It's, it's at Rio Royston. So um, if you're interested, you're welcome to come along. I don't know if it's going to be inside or outside. I don't know what to expect. It just depends on, I don't know if there's going to be chairs for everybody or plenty of chairs. We're, we're just going to roll with that. But if you're interested in learning more about this stuff and specifically about that, whether to help people in your life who you know are struggling maybe with suicide or, or self-harm, um, it's going to be Wednesday night, Rio Royston. So that's free. Uh, Royson, looking forward to being out there with y'all. Okay, so uh, let's dive in today. Feel honored, feel honored. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. We're going to talk about setting people free from demons today. Again, not everything is demonic. We, we made that clear last week. Not everything is d- demonic, but if the person in front of you happens to be demonized in some way, then nothing but setting them free from that demon will really help them. So that's why we're talking about this, to to equip us for that case. Where are we going to go from here? Well, this morning, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about the amazingness of Jesus. Jesus is God Almighty. Jesus is God, we look at John chapter 1, Jesus was with God at the creation of the world, and he himself was God. Jesus is God. He has the power of Almighty God. He has the authority of Almighty God. Jesus is God. Matthew 28, Jesus makes this declaration, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority, not some, not more. I have all authority, all authority. I am the top of the top. There is nothing in all of existence, visible or invisible, that has more authority. I am the top. I am the king of kings, the lord of lords, the the first place one, including demons, including Satan. I I have all authority, Matthew 28. Colossians 1, Jesus makes it clear, or Paul makes it clear about Jesus. Everything was created through Jesus in heaven, the heavenly things, and the earthly things, visible things, invisible things. Jesus created it all. It's all for him. It's made through him and for him. Again, this includes people and, and animals and, and all of creation, angels, demons, all of that. He, he, is, he is over all. In Ephesians chapter 1, I quote, Jesus is far above Far above every ruler, authority, power, dominion, and every title given not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Jesus' authority is far above, say, Satan. They're not near equals. Jesus is far above, far above Satan and and all the demonic hosts of, of hell. We, we tend to look at the Gospels, and we've been reading the Gospels at a, as a church uh, over the last several weeks here. The Jesus we see in the Gospels is the emptied Jesus, according to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, 7 talks about how Jesus emptied himself. Jesus is no longer emptied Jesus. He is now full he has all authority. He is, all, he is that revelation, uh, chapter 5, name above all names. He is the, the blessed to receive honor and glory and power forever and ever because he was slain and by his blood he purchased us. From, he, is, he is the only worthy one. He is the name above all names. Again, King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus is the, the, the top. He is no longer the em- emptied one. 
He is God Almighty with all power, with all authority, and at the name of Jesus and his name alone, every knee will bow. People, angel, demon, every knee will bow. Every knee will submit. Every being will submit at the name of Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. He is first. He is number one. He is above all. Every knee, will, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So that's Jesus. He's kind of a big deal. He's the top of the top. He, he is, he's the one with, with all power and authority. He's God. And, and the incredible thing, though, when it comes to Jesus, whilst he's walking along with his disciples, his 12 disciples, and this becomes even more supercharged after Pentecost, but while he's walking around with his disciples, he authorized... His people. He empowered his followers. He gives his people the authority to use his authority. Now I'm just going to say that again. Jesus gives his followers the authority to use his authority. In whatever our context, in whatever our specific situation. This isn't hype. This is how it is. This is how it is in front, straight from the Bible. Now, I'm going to look at a passage that I referenced last week, Luke chapter 10. Now, we, we know that Jesus authorized his 12 disciples to preach and to heal and to cast out demons. And we also referenced last week that he does the same with the 72. I'm going to read that passage just a little bit more when it comes to the 72, just because I, I, love, I love it just thinking that we're talking now not just about the 12, we're talking about 72 unnamed followers of Jesus, and Jesus sending them out with the authority to use his authority. Let me just read here, again, this is before Pentecost, let me read here in, in Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord, Jesus, appointed 72 others, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now, a quick note here. I bet you've prayed that prayer before in your life. Jesus, send out workers. And you know what you're probably praying, or at least what you're thinking in your head? You're thinking of something that's not in this passage. You're probably thinking the word evangelists. It's not even met. It's nowhere. It's not, it's not here. But I bet, I bet in your head you're like, God, send out evangelists. What are the workers? The workers are doing three things. They're preaching. They're healing. They're casting out demons. When you're, when you're praying for God to send out harvest, it includes these people who are doing the ministry of casting out demons. Am I, am I one of those workers? Well, are we doing those three things? That's, that's what the workers are doing. Anyway, so Jesus here, he sends out 72, and then they return in verse 17. It says this. It says, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. However... Don't rejoice that the spirits 
submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. There's three things that I want to just point out from this passage. Again, noting that these are 72 unnamed, willing followers of Jesus. This is before Pentecost. Before Pentecost, and friends, again, after Pentecost, everything gets dialed up. The disciples, they get, themselves, they, they get power. When the Holy Spirit comes on, they become transformed. And you can see a, a clear shift because the Holy Spirit has come up on that. I mean, the 12 minus Judas, obviously, but uh, just this is before Pentecost. The first word I want you to see in that passage is the word all, and it's in the middle of verse, verse uh, 19. It said, over all the power of the enemy. Not some, not, not, not much. Jesus gave these unnamed pre-Pentecost followers him authority over all of the power of the enemy. Now we do see the disciples in the gospels struggle at times to cast out demons in Jesus' name. And, and Jesus though tells them why. And it's not an authority issue. It's because... Ephesians chapter 6, there's a spiritual war going on. And Jesus will tell them sometimes, the reason is this one only comes out with maybe prayer and fasting. Like He'll tell them, like, it's not that you don't have the authority, it just takes a little bit more than, than, this, than this moment here. There, there, some situations take more spiritual battling. But the issue wasn't that they, had the, they didn't have the authority, that they, they have the authority, they have all the authority. It's the first word I want you to see there. The second phrase in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Again, your ability to cast out demons has very little to do with you and very much to do with Jesus. Now, I say very little because if you have no faith or low faith, you will probably have no results or low results. There is a faith component there. But our faith isn't supposed to be we're not supposed to be thinking about ourselves in that moment. We're supposed to be thinking about Jesus and being obsessed and thinking about the power that comes with speaking in Jesus' name. The power of speaking in the authority of Jesus. The power that comes with speaking with someone representing Jesus. Speaking, and, and here's, here's the key here. Speaking as if Jesus himself were speaking through your voice. That's the perspective of speaking in the name of Jesus. As if Jesus himself, King of kings, Lord of lords, the authority of heaven, as if he is speaking through your voice into that situation right in front of you. That's what it is to say, in the name of Jesus, come out. Well, or whatever the case may be. In the name of Jesus. Friends, Jesus has given you authority to preach in his name. To, to heal, to cast out demons in his name. Jesus has authorized you to act on his behalf as the king of kings has given you his spirit and his authority. His spirit and his authority. He has deputized you to do Jesus stuff in your situations. You've been authorized and deputized with King Jesus' authority to command, in this case, evil spirits to leave. Now, they're not going to leave because you are telling them to leave. They're going to leave because Jesus is number one. The name above all names. And you're telling those demons, 
Jesus says, the command of the king of kings, the command of the name above all names, in the name of, in the name of Jesus, come out. Now, friends, if, if, if you're a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus, we are in Christ. We are in Christ. We have the same spirit and power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead within us. The Holy Spirit. This is Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read it in a moment. And post-Pentecost, which is where we are, post-Pentecost, we don't just have the authority like the 72 had. We have the authority plus the Spirit of God. That's a game changer. And I just want to encourage you to put on your childlike faith. Don't overthink this. Look at the Bible. What are they doing? Do that. Expect that. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. The Bible says... That, that would be casting out demons in Jesus' name, and then at the name of Jesus, you know, there's power in the name of Okay, I, that's what the Bible says. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, and I'm going to expect that. That's what I see in the Bible. Childlike faith. Okay, uh, and that's number two. The third thing I want you to see there is I want you to rejoice. It says rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, the wrong application is don't care anything about the demons or casting out demons in Jesus' name. That's the wrong application there. No, the next verse talks about Jesus is so full of joy and he's rejoicing in and, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is really happy about what's going on there. But according to the Bible, this blows my mind, by the way. According to the Bible, Jesus' name is so powerful that sometimes you can cast out demons in Jesus' name and not even be a Christian, not even be a follower of Jesus. That's how powerful the name of Jesus is. Check this from Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, John is coming up to Jesus and he says, John says to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there's no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterward speak evil of me. There's people out there in the Gospels. There's, there's people out there not following, before Pentecost, right? Before Pentecost. There's people out there driving out demons, casting out demons in Jesus' name who weren't followers of Jesus. Friends, that's how powerful the name of Jesus is. Every knee will bow. Every human, every animal, every angel, every demon, every knee needs to submit to the name of Jesus. And again, this isn't, that's an example of, you know, those people's names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And yet they're still able to do this because Jesus' name is just that powerful. Now, we, we might assume if you're going to cast out demons in Jesus' name, you better be a super Christian, Right? You at least have to have probably read three Bible chapters that day if you're going to have any success at all. You know, I don't know. We make up these, like, this, this, this minimum line of, you know, where we would need to be. Well, apparently, in the Gospels, you didn't even need to be an actual follower of Jesus. Maybe we need to get that, our, our, our thoughts down in the right place. We need to believe childlike faith and speak in the name, name of Jesus. Now, <laughs> huge warning here with that comment. 
Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, there's these seven guys who try and, they're not believers, they're not followers of Jesus, but they try and cast out a demon in Jesus' name. But they're not believers. And what happens? They get thrashed. They run out of the house naked and bleeding. They just get thrashed. They, they tried to cast out a demon in Jesus' name, but they didn't have the authority of Jesus behind them, and they didn't have the spirit of Jesus within them. And so it, it, didn't, it didn't go very well at all. Only believers in Jesus have the spirit of Jesus and are authorized to use Jesus' authority. That's, that's a big deal, even though his name is powerful. Only family has that. Anyway, so back to our Luke passage. It might be possible to cast out demons in the name of Jesus and not have your name written in heaven. It's more wonderful that your name is written in heaven because you could probably cast out demons maybe without that sometimes in some situations. Do not recommend. But the point is, even though you might be able to do that, the marvel is the name of Jesus is just that supremely powerful. And we just think way too much about ourselves when doing this ministry and way too little about the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. Not just even talking about authority, just talking about like what, what you've been given. I just, I can't get away from Ephesians. And in Ephesians 6, we talked about the armor of God, and we talked about the spiritual war. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is praying for the believers. And this is what he prays for them in Ephesians chapter 1. He prays, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know three things. Paul wants them to make sure that they know three things. He's praying that they will know. know. Number one, what is the hope of his calling? Number two, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And number three, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. Paul wants you to know this. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Yeah, my prayer here is also that you would get it, that you would grasp how much uh, power and authority there is granted to you in the name of Jesus. Wow. To be freedom makers, to be, be bringing freedom in your situations. It's amazing. Now we only have a few minutes left, and so I'm going to introduce you very quickly to a basic plan about how you can go out and see people free. How you can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Now I'm going to give you a six-step plan. And I'm going to be honest with you. The Bible basically has a one-step plan. And what's the one-step plan? Well, how about this in Acts chapter 16? This is what Paul said. The one-step plan. Paul was greatly annoyed. That's not part of the steps. Turning to the Spirit, he said... I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. That's the one-step plan. You see, Jesus, come out. Same word, come out. 
Other times, come out in the name of Jesus. You want to know how to actually eject a demon, how to cast out a demon? I would follow those words. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. That's the one-step plan. It's also part of the six-step plan. That's kind of a key moment there. Anyway, so that's the, that's the one-step plan. Go for it. But I think you'll appreciate the wisdom of the six-step plan and the helpfulness and the kindness of the six-step plan. The basic heart behind the six-step plan is, uh, okay, an analogy for you. Let's, say you. let's say you've got a house and you have had it for five years and never taken out the bins, right? It's gross, Stuff's rotting. You, you have bin bags piled up, and they're kind of spilled open and all that stuff because the rats are kind of getting in there, and, and they're, they're opening up. You, you, it's gross, right? You're, it, it's, it's nasty. So, so you've got these, these bags, and you've got this, these rats, and, and, you're, and you come up to this friend uh, who has this situation. Their house is all nasty like that, and they've got rats, and you're like, I will help you with the rats. And so you go into their house, and you put in a rat trap, a humane one, of course, because you're in the West End. And the, the rat goes in it, and, and it gets caught in there, and you're like, yay, we've caught a rat. And you go outside, and you, you go outside, and you're like, yay, I have taken the rat out of the house. And you place it on the ground, and you say, go free, big rat. And, and because, you know, West Enders, right? So, so you do that, and where does the rat go? It just goes right back into the house. Because the rot is everywhere. So the six-step plan, it really exists because, first of all, get rid of the rubbish, then get rid of the rats. Get rid of the rubbish, and then get rid of the rats. That's the basic heart behind this. Now, tonight at the West End here, after the evening service, if you, I'm going to talk a lot more about how to do this and different scenarios. I'm going to talk a lot. There's going to be an extra teaching tonight. Uh, come for 7.15 for a 7.30 start if you're interested in more. You don't need to know more, but the prayer ministry team is going to be here because they need to know more. The elders are going to be here. The staff is going to be here. Um, wide open invitation. Um, is it going to be live streamed? No, it's not going to be live streamed. I don't know what I'm going to say, so I'm not going to put this out there. <laughs> No, I do know what I'm going to say. But we're not, we're not going to live stream it. So if you want to be here, again, it's just bonus information if you find this stuff really interesting. Anyway, so that's tonight after the church. But six-step plan, the basics of it go like this. Number one, reset. Reset your, in your childlike faith in the authorized authority you have in Jesus. I often see this missing from people's plans. But for people like us, maybe who don't do this all the time, I think it's pretty important. Just take 30 seconds, 60 seconds. Okay, wait a minute. All right, it's not about me, the name of Jesus, name above all names, King of kings. I am speaking. I've been granted the authority to speak in his name. I am going to bring that authority. It's like Jesus speaking. I'm just going to reset my perspective so that my faith is in the right place. It's not in my confidence, but in Jesus' amazingness, right? Reset. Secondly, lead them to repent or forgive depending on the situation. This is part of the house cleaning, repenting and forgiving. When, when demons are present, it's, beca it's because of a reason. Either they or their ancestors have broken God's commands, like maybe breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Let's say they broke one of the Ten Commandments and they need to repent 
for having broken God's laws or their ancestors for having broken God's laws and they walked in disobedience. So they need to repent and say, okay, I repent. That was evil. That was wrong. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to follow God's way. I'm going to repent. Now, that's for people who have actively sinned. Some people have been sinned against. And, th and that's where the rubbish comes from. That's where the pain comes from. And, and they need to work through this, this process, having been a victim of great evil, of forgiving. Forgiving people. And, and most of their work is going to be a process of, of, of forgiving those who have sinned against them. So step two in this process really ends when people re reaffirm their allegiance to Jesus and obedience to Jesus alone. Their allegiance is saying, Jesus, your way is the right way. I am going to walk in your holiness. I'm going to walk in obedience to the commands of God. Or in the case of forgiveness, I am going to walk in obedience to the command of Jesus to forgive everyone who has sinned against me. Now, hopefully, ideally, they're able to do that in front of you right there in that moment and, and, and forgive but sometimes they're not. And, that's, and this process might take a while where they just really need to wrestle with God and come to that place of, of being able to say, I will walk away from breaking this commandment or I will actually forgive this person because wounds can be really deep and for some, the, the obsession with sin can be really hard to break. And so maybe this is where inner healing work comes. Hopefully, though, they can, they can deal with it right away. But this, this part might take a little bit, but this is key. Repenting and forgiving. Thirdly, lead them to reject any blessings, curses, or demons connected to the above issue. Now, we'll talk more about this next week, but there are some perks that people enjoy from sin. Maybe they have so much more money and success and power because they're evil jerks who are corrupt. And, and, and enjoy the perks of people being terrified of them and, 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 and in their corruption, right? And so they've got so much perks because of, because of that. Well, they need to reject that blessing, that positive thing. It could be about money or sex or power or whatever, things that need to be rejected along with, you know, the negative that comes with it and the, um, and the, the demonic stuff that comes with it. I, I just reject this in the name of Jesus. It's how we get rid of the rubbish. Again, we need to talk more about this. More tonight, but also um, in the next couple weeks. That's number three. So we've got uh, reset, repent, reject, rehope church. No, uh, we're going we're gonna to shift here, but I want you to reset, repent, reject, and number four, eject. Reject followed by eject. And this is where you eject the demon in Jesus' name. Now hear me clearly. Casting out demons is a team sport. It's a team sport. In our generation, everybody likes to do everything by themselves in a dark room with nobody around knowing nothing of anything ever. We just want to just deal with it, just me and Jesus. We ignore passages like James chapter 5, which says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. No, no, no. We're not confessing to one another. We'll just deal with it with just me and Jesus, just me and God. We underestimate the team dynamic aspect of all of this. But when it comes to Freedom and deliverance, it's nearly always a team sport, meaning you need a buddy. And you confess, and then that person ejects that in the name of Jesus. You will not see a single example in the Bible of somebody ejecting demons out of themselves. It's always a team sport in the Bible. 
Again, this is why I'm trying to equip you to do this, because people need buddies. Hello, buddies. They need you. They, they need you to be able to help them and to, to bring freedom, to guide them through this process. Again, what do you do, though, when you're at this process? Just very simple. Don't make it complicated. In the name of Jesus Christ, or Paul from Acts 18, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. And then what do you do? Do it again. Come out in the name of Jesus. And you might just be sitting there and, and you might, you're going to feel stupid, right? But you're just going to keep for, for a minute or two until, until things start to become free and then they become free. If it takes two minutes, it takes four minutes, whatever. You just say, come out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You must submit to the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, man, I'm going long here. Anyway, so that, it's that simple process, not complicated, powerful stuff. That's number four. Now, that's ejecting the rats. The last two are very simple, may not be needed, the next one, but I'm just going to put it on the page anyways. Pray and speak healing in Jesus' name, any lingering internal or external wounds. Anything there? Just, you know, bring healing there. And then sixthly, bless them in the name of Jesus, especially for the opposite. If it was sexual sin, you might bless them with purity and uh, pure heart, pure thinking, pure mind, pure conscience. We're going to flesh this more out as we go through this process. That's the basics today. Now, just a few comments here. We're not demon chasers. When I went to the hospital, I told the story last week of going to the hospital to pray for someone. I wasn't demon chasing. I was just going to pray for healing. It just happened that that was what was in front of me. And so equipped to deal, deal with it, that's, when that comes up, we go for it. We're not demon chasers, but I want to equip you to spot it when it's there, to stop it when it's happening, and to cast it out in the name of Jesus. That's what I want to equip you for. You are ready. Now, if you are spooked by any of this, you're like, oh, man, what, what about me? What if I've got some issues here? Uh, I don't want to spook you, but I do want to help you, and we always do because we got prayer ministry. We have prayer ministry every week here. It, it, it doesn't have to be a, if you're like, I don't know if, I, if I'm being tormented by a demon or not. That's fine. Not everything's a demon. Just go up for prayer, and they would love to pray with you, and if you're worried don't live spooked. Just go get prayer. If you do try this this week, someone, um, I do suggest coming back to the training tonight, uh, by the way. But remember, they're people and they're not projects. And um, don't, don't stress out and be mean. Right? Bring, your, bring the compassion of Jesus in that situation. Okay, here's the challenge today. Read the Ten Commandments. Read and pray through the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20. Is there any commandment breaking that you need to repent of in your life, in your past, or in your family ancestry? And those might be some different things. Repent and recommit to walk in obedience to the command of God from now on. Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, also in De Deuteronomy. Friends, let me pray. Let, let us pray together. Father, I'm coming before you right now in the name of Jesus, which just seems so significant after, after this moment here. And in the name of Jesus, Father, I ask you to pour out grace and freedom and help. That you would help us and then you would bring your help through us in the name of Jesus. 
that extraordinary freedom would come to our city and our generation through the, the hundreds uh, listening to this message right now. God, that, that, you would, that you would help us in, in those moments, especially in these early days where, where our experience levels are very low, but our heart to walk and to, to bring your ministry is, is nagging at us and pushing at us. I, I just pray for your great grace and your great help and your, uh, your great mercy in us and through us. Now, maybe some of you, you, you you're here and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm hearing the name of Jesus and I'm hearing the significance of believing in Jesus and for the first time today, I need to commit my life to Jesus. I, I, I'm, I hear about this Jesus and I'm going to commit my life to him. I suggest praying something like this, dedicating your life to Jesus in these words, something like this, Father, God, I now dedicate the entirety of my life to following Jesus. My allegiance is going to be to Jesus alone. Forgive me. Help me. Guide me. Heal me. For better or for worse, I'm following Jesus with my life. In Jesus' name, amen.